What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Joining me today is Sari Gilman, who has been a licensed marriage and family therapist since 1986 during which time she was also an executive director for several nonprofits and worked seven years teaching leadership to managers and executives. She is an author, speaker, and community leader, fellow of the American Institute of Stress, and creator, founder of the Transform Your Boundaries Workshop and Naming and Taming Overwhelm Workshop. Sari has lived and worked on Whidbey Island, Washington, in the Langley community since 1986. In 2012, she created the Transform Your Boundaries workshop. In 2014, Sari completed the Transform Your Boundaries and brings this work to any community, workplace, conference, and private group to better lives, better work, and a better world through our relationship to our boundaries. She continues to write and teach on the subject. And in 2017, Sari completed the book, Naming and Taming Overwhelm for Healthcare and Human Service Providers. She continues to work in private practice, speak at events, and teach workshops. Sari, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's really great to be here. Awesome. So I came across your work due to my own personal transformation with setting boundaries in professional settings, in relationship settings. How did transforming and setting boundaries become a part of your life to, from the beginning to a point where you're one of the experts on it and you've written on it and teach it? Uh, you know, it came from observing and really struggling with my own clients and how they were managing their boundaries in their lives. And everything I learned in school about how to help people with boundaries um, didn't seem to apply to the real world. Like once you took it out of graduate school and kind of test drove it out on the road with real people, people, people didn't speak the language of psychology. And yeah. so it felt very useless. And I had to come up with a different way of helping people understand boundaries. Now the gift of where I live, which is a very small community, you know, it's like two blocks long. Um, is that I see people in the grocery store and out on the street and, and people that I've worked with. And so if something I'm doing is helpful, they tell me, hey, that thing we did really worked and it's stuck. And so I get, I get this um, feedback about things from five years ago, things from 10 years ago. And I got to see that the map that I built to teach people boundaries, I was just using it over and over again with different people, and it was very reliably helping people. Mm. Um, I, of course, had a long journey with boundary work myself, personally. Um, I was kind of born into this issue, and it's been lifelong work, and now I've come to understand that it's really lifelong work for all of us. Yeah. And this is really essential 
for people to understand because you're going to be using your boundaries throughout your lifetime and it affects how we deal with our, all of our relationships. It affects how we deal with our work. It affects how we deal with um, our purpose in life. So it's a pretty big topic. And I realized that in all my work, you know, in nonprofits, I was working on the issue of homelessness for a long time and with homeless teens. Um, I started a shelter for homeless teens and learned a lot from them about a community that, you know, could we, could we expand our boundaries and take care of these kids? Um, and then as I went into leadership work, it was the same kind of question. I saw leaders and managers really grappling with, you know, where are the boundaries on my work? Where's the boundaries that work-life balance? Where's the boundaries in what do I tolerate? What do I not tolerate? How do I raise people up? And so I realized this is just coming up everywhere. And I decided that was kind of the central theme. So I just really unpacked what was that map in my head and started teaching that and realized that there was a real need for people to, and particularly counselors and coaches, to learn some reliable way to teach people boundary skills. Mm, that's powerful. Now, um, are you outspoken about, I don't want to cross your boundaries, but oh. <laughs> have you shared in your public ex experience, like your own personal struggles with boundaries that prompted this? Because I resonate a lot with that kind of being born into a cycle of um, people who didn't set boundaries, like my parents not setting boundaries in their life, and then breaking my boundaries. And mm -hmm. I can, I, and I have shared a lot about kind of what prompted me to look into this work. I'm curious if you divulge that in terms of like where it came from and what your experiences were like in your life. Yes, um, I do. And I did in a TEDx talk share a little bit about some of my own journey. Mm -hmm. um, but really, I was born into a family that um, struggled deeply with boundaries. And every place where you would think no's should be in my family growing up, there were yeses. And every place where you would think there would be a yes, there were no's. And so I realized my family had a very upside down view of where yeses and no's went. Mm. And I had to really figure out for myself, where were mine going to be? Um, both my parents were addicted to drugs. Both of them were heroin addicts. Both of them were in and out of jails. <laughs> So, you know, they really struggled with things like rules and boundaries. And, right. um, <laughs> and so I really, you know, didn't get a, a map from them. I had to kind of come up with what is going to work here. And um, thank goodness I was raised by my grandparents in this community uh, on Long Island where I got to see other families and their boundaries. And I got to see how that worked. And um, and so that that gave me a little bit of ground to stand on as a small child. Mm. And then growing up, I felt like I really had to take seriously what my choices were because there wasn't really good guidance around me. Right. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I often work with people or if I'm even just sharing this with my friends because I'm excited. Oh, I'm learning how to set boundaries now because it really is changing my life dramatically. and People, um, I find sometimes are in denial about their inability to set boundaries and they chalk it up to just being nice. Um, 
And I'm curious if you, um, how, how you work with someone or how can we help open up people's eyes to like, what's the difference between being nice and fair and like, and then where does it become, I'm saying I'm being nice, but I'm really like not taking care of myself to my, and really hurting myself mm -hmm. potentially. Well said. Mm -hmm. It's about the consequences. Just like you just said, you start to feel consequences in your life when you are being so nice and you're really avoiding saying what you need to say and you avoid speaking your truth. And the other thing that happens when you do that is while you think you're being really nice to other people, you know, you start getting this pile up of consequences in your own life where you don't have time for the things you love to do. Um, I personally get pain in my body when I'm doing things the wrong way in my life and I'll get it in my neck. So I can't like turn my head. Some people get stomach pain. Some people get migraines. So sometimes you get it physically, these consequences and they add up on you. And sometimes you become depressed or yeah. anxious because you really haven't been addressing what you need. And the other interesting consequence that happens aside from all the symptoms that you get yeah. is you get this split with your soul because mm -hmm. your soul inside of you is here trying to like have you have an experience in your life about what you need and what's going to help you grow and how to thrive and you're ignoring your own soul and you're just really, you know, thinking about what others need and what others want from you. And that's important in relationship, but you also have an obligation to yourself mm. and a relationship to your soul that um, if you don't address that, that is a large part of where people find themselves depressed and anxious. I'm not saying all depression comes from there, but I'm saying a good part of it does. Like I always check for that when I work with somebody, when they come in and they're like, I'm depressed. I'm like, okay, well, let's figure out how you're doing with your boundaries in your life and with your listening to your own yes and no. And when they're not and they're so busy being nice, their soul gets depressed watching this because the soul is like, what do you need me for? I mean, what are we even on? What are we even here for? Like you're not having a life of your own. So what do you want from me? And the soul becomes depressed. Wow. And it's like, I can't talk to this person. They're not even listening. What an amazing analogy with the soul. So let's go to um, different types of boundaries where, and my question is, what are, what are the harder or hardest boundaries that you find people have the most challenge trying to set? Where does that show up? And what strategies or advice do you have for people in those situations to get a little bit better? Oh, uh -huh. well, everybody <laughs> struggles with the same kind of boundaries, okay? There's, there's regular, ordinary boundary stuff. And, you know, every, I call them everyday basic boundaries that um, uh, many people are just learning from the very beginning, right? You and I were talking about that before we turned on the show, which is that some people... Um, come to this work and have, you know, not any experience setting or using their boundaries. And so they're doing very basic boundary work to start that process. But all of us are going to run into what I call extreme boundary challenges. Mm. And um, 
we see extreme boundary challenges when we've had trauma, when we've had a lot of stress, when we're dealing with situations that are over our heads, like we, we don't know what to do in the situation. It's um, overwhelming to us. Oftentimes we're trying to take care of somebody and we can't really help them or, or fix them or make things better. And we become overwhelmed in the process. So um, addiction, when people are working with addicts in their life and people who struggle with addiction, um, it's interesting. People who have addiction issues really struggle with boundaries. Um, and does then the, there's... Does the lack of setting boundaries then create the addiction or does the addiction create the boundaries? So, so people who struggle with addiction issues are already struggling with boundary issues, right? right per, with themselves. Yeah. And, um, and they have a health issue, which yeah. is addiction. But right. then they're in some kind of relationship to other people. Right. And in that relationship, you can be in a relationship to somebody who is struggling with addiction and you're just wanting them to respect the boundaries that the two of you agreed to. And they're like, what boundaries, man? They keep getting violated and you keep showing up going, all I want them to do is da, 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 da. And, you know, I just told them no alcohol in the house. If you're going to drink, don't bring it into the house. And then I find all these bottles in the garage and they're shocked because people with addictions have ex are extreme boundary challenges. Mm -hmm. um, people who have ADD can't really see boundaries. Um, so, you know, these are invisible things and people with ADD tend to stumble over people's boundaries by accident a lot. Um, so there are extreme boundary challenges. You end up in situations usually where you're trying to take care of something, do something good, help somebody fix something, but it becomes overwhelming. And then you're kind of in this boundary backlog where how are you going to start setting boundaries now? And mm -hmm. there's a couple of, they're kind of life preserver boundary tools, I think of them as. And they're all about, in these situations, they're about really um, defining your responsibilities. So when you're in an extreme boundary challenge, you cannot let other people define your responsibilities. You have to get in front of the train and you have to define, this is what I can offer. It begins here, it ends here. Mm. Um, and until you define your responsibility, you're gonna get heaped on with responsibilities. That's the nature of what I would call extreme boundary challenges is when you're dealing with trauma, when you're dealing with a health issue, let's take a health issue. I just broke my hip, let's talk about health issues. So you go into our healthcare system these days and have you ever noticed this? They want you to make all the decisions. Nowadays, healthcare is, which treatment option would you like? We could do surgery, we could do chemo, we could do X, Y, Z, and suddenly yeah. you're the doctor, you have no information about this stuff, yeah. and you have to like choose and make decisions and figure out what's best for you. And our healthcare system, then you know your insurance may not agree with that and may not approve this. And so you end up kind of fighting for what you need, for where the boundaries are, what your care is gonna look like. And so that can be extremely challenging, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we're dealing with these kinds of things, we have to look at what are our financial responsibilities? 
What can and can't we afford? Yeah. What's, what's this going to cost us? Because every extreme challenge can be expensive. Mm. The next is what are we going to be responsible for and what we can't be responsible for? What's really out of our hands? so that we know where the boundaries are because you go into these systems and it feels like your boundaries don't count. Mm -hmm. Your boundaries don't matter. So it's a lot about definition yeah. and a lot about taking the reins in your hands in situations that feel really challenging. Does that help? That Be helps a specific? lot. Yeah, yeah it's no, all about responsibility. That's perfect. Uh, My, like As you were talking, the follow-up question that I'm curious about is, the the people there can be people in our lives who are going to test our boundaries more than others mm, <laughs> boundary challengers is, yes that's probably a nice way to call some of them and <laughs> that's what i call them yeah boundary challengers <laughs> so um i have a friend he's a boundary challenger and we were out for drinks and we had all i mean this was years ago because I, I don't really drink much these days but we were all drinking and he was he really wanted us to all have another round with him um and he was challenging our boundaries around that. And he was going in the circle and one guy was like, no. And he's like, oh, come on, yes. The other guy, no, come on, no, come on, yes. And then he got to this third guy who was an ex-military guy who was just like, his spine was like a straight up line. And he's just like, no. And, just, and the guy goes, come on. He goes, negative, come on, not gonna happen, come on. And he just said no. And then finally the guy, the boundary challenger just gave up because he knew he was gonna get a no. <laughs> And, and I was really curious watching that, like, how can I be like that military guy, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, mm, beautiful. Yeah, because obviously there's, it's not just this guy's fault because this guy didn't want it and he made that happen. Um, so I may have already kind of started to answer the question, but my question was, when you're working with people who have a hard time setting boundaries, do you ever advise them to um, change or modify or tweak who they spend time with to spend less time with people who may not respect their boundaries as well? Or is that actually a cop-out and you wanna be around the challengers because it's more opportunity for growth or is it kind of a balance? Well, that's interesting. So I definitely would never tell somebody who to spend time with based on their boundary issues. Um, I, I really like people to become what I think of as boundary experts. And that military guy was a boundary expert. Yeah. So you could throw boundary challenges at him all day long and um, that straight up spine will serve him well. I don't know how it serves him and his family, quite honestly, because in those relationships, they might want a little more give and take. Right. But, um, you know, so, so what looks to you like, you know, wow, that's how to do it in the world. That's true. That is how to do it in the world. I go out into the world, every interaction with human beings, your boundary alert should be on. If you're going to interact with human beings, just turn your boundary alerts on. That's how I do it. I go out into the world. It's like, oh, human beings in the grocery store. That means any moment somebody can come up and kind of challenge your boundaries yeah. or push on them. And so just stay aware and stay aware of what are my boundaries here? What do I choose as my boundaries there? It doesn't mean that I have to get the whole world to do it my way. Mm. It just means that I have to be aware of where my boundaries are and that I'm around human beings and human beings are going to push your boundaries even when they love you. So I don't tell people to like stay away from all those challengers out there because they could be married to one. 
Right. So, you know, <laughs> this is a life skill. This is about, um, you know, if you're going to take this skill in life, which is to avoid all the boundary challengers out there because they annoy you, they exhaust you, they deplete you, right. and you just don't want to be around them, well, you're going to have a hard time avoiding them all, you know, because they're everywhere. So, you know, it's, it's better to know how do you, how do you put in and have the energy to interact with them and how do you hold your limits and when do you decide that a relationship doesn't feed you in any way and it has not a no purpose in your life and when do you pull back and say this is not a good purpose for me mm -hmm. um, and that's okay too but not because it's just too hard to set a boundary you know right. and you can have really interesting conversations with those people about like, hey, which part of no didn't you just grasp? Like, where did you learn? I'm so interested because like, where did this person who's pushing all the boundaries, where did they learn that they just need to convince people and then they get a yes? Like if they just ask 10 times, is 15 the magic number? Like what is the magic number for them? If they, right. they, to them, it's like, a, um, you know, I can picture them like almost in a casino going, you know, at a certain point I get my yes. And that is probably what they grew up with. At yeah. a certain point I get yes. I just have right. to bug you enough. So it's really nice to say to these people, you don't even need to ask me twice. My mind doesn't shift that quickly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like once I have a no, it's, it's a really good no. Uh, it's yeah. solid. Um, what, if, what if you've practiced this ability to set boundaries and you've spoken up to someone and you've said, like, this violates my boundaries. And they say to you, I hear you. Um, I respect that. And I won't do it again. And then they do it again. Mm -hmm. And then it's on you to say, so that's a line for me. It either cross violates my beliefs or what I stand for or what I'm comfortable with. And I get that you can't manage the line, so I'm managing the line. Mm -hmm. But if you set it up so that I can't manage it, then we've got a problem in our relationship. So let's pretend it's like a credit card issue. So yeah. you have a partner, you've agreed not to spend on the credit card. You open up the credit card statement and bam, this person has charged up another $5,000. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what? we agreed not to. This happens yeah. in relationship all the time. Yeah we, yeah. we agreed not to. What happened to that agreement? Mm -hmm. and, and what does that do to trust between us? So this boundary stuff, you know, really becomes the essence of, can I trust you in relationship? How close can I be? Can I share money with you? Can I share housing with you? Can I share a life with you? How mm -hmm. much can we really trust each other to right. live within the boundaries that we agree to. Right. So if you're not really agreeing to it and you're just saying yes to me and then you're doing whatever you want, how do I know what we've agreed to? Yeah. Like that's confusing for me. Yeah. So do we need to change our credit card thing or are you gonna show up in this relationship upholding agreements? Cause I don't wanna do it otherwise. Mm. Yeah. Cause that, so, that just brings us down to trust. Yeah. That's Does fair. That make and sense to you? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So, it, and, and the way you said it was very grounded, 
firm, but also like kind and non-threatening, which sounds like a good balance there. Mm -hmm. um, at least that was my perception of it. And yeah, I suppose and I also, you know, in these situations, I also ask ask people, you know, before you get into a very close business relationship or yeah. intimate relationship, like test the boundaries. Right. Like get to know, like, are we, are, is this somebody that's capable of upholding agreements with me? Or am I just assuming, well, we're going to uphold all of our agreements. Like I need to test the boundaries with people and be sure I understand their boundaries, be sure they understand mine, even in a business relationship, like, you know, to know that like people are going to uphold those. those. That's really crucial in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and just to kind of complete the circle and like it sounds like that kind of conversation will often work and the other partner will hear it. But if in just a worst case scenario, the person speaks up that, that additional time like you demonstrated and then the person says yes again, but then also continues to use the credit card like that, do you then advise the person who's setting the boundary say you set them properly and the person's just not capable and move on? Yeah, so then I say, what do you want to do about that? Like, what do you want to do with that violation? What's that violation doing to your soul on the inside? Because yeah. sometimes I see people stay in these relationships where they're getting these boundary violations. Mm -hmm. It's up to them. I don't say to them, hey, the only way out now is to leave. I still like to put it on the table and say, let's look that square in the face. What does that mean to you? Mm. How are you making, how are you putting the pieces together inside your head now? And how are you going to protect yourself in the relationship? Because if you're going to stay very intimate with this person that is running up credit card bills with your name on it, or you're married and you're going to be stuck with bills like this, um, what do you want it? What does that mean for you? What does that stress go inside of you? How are you going to manage that? What do you feel like your choices are? Yeah. And that's where the boundary work really begins. It's really sitting down up against rocks like that in our lives where we figure out what are my choices? Do I have to be victim to somebody else's decision? Or can I say, okay, well, you really need to have kind of credit cards like that. We're married. I'm not going to stay married. I'm not going to incur this kind of debt. Um, so, you know, you're willing to put the marriage on the line for that. That's okay. That's up to you. Mm. So, you know, having the credit cards and overspending is a place I'm not going to go to. I'm not going to live my life in debt like that. Um, right. and I've decided I have a choice. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that that's what people choose. Sometimes people will stay and I'll just say, how do you protect yourself? Yeah. Um, cause I'm really curious about that. Yeah. Cause then eight years later, the person, the other person walks out on the relationship and now they're left with $40,000 of credit card debt that they never even incurred, <laughs> but sure. they did cause they were with a partner that was doing that. And now half the bill is theirs. And it's like, okay, if you want that to be your life story, um, see now, now we're getting into something that you'll see a lot with people is this feeling of being a victim of somebody else's boundary decisions. Yeah. You let someone stomp on your boundaries and then you blame them when you really do have a choice. 
Well, what happens is I think people try to make sacrifices and they end up sacrificing themselves. Well, that more. was, I was going to ask you that for my question. Go ahead. The what's the question? No, I mean, you're already answering it, which is what's the balance between, because when I told you about that military guy, you, you know, you were like, well, hopefully he's not overly saying, you know, like, where's the balance where there's a compromise versus all right you're giving too much like how do you how do you help people find that line that is really easy to find which is ask other people about their boundaries get to know in relationships what do you need where can i compromise where can we agree to a boundary together that mm. is going to work for all of us yeah. so for example um you know, sometimes I hire people to do some part-time work for me, right? And so I had an assistant. And, the, you know, on hiring, I say, what do you need from me in terms of advance notice for a project? How much lead time are you going to need to get it done? I ask that at a print shop before I do a print job. I say, how much notice do you need? I say the same thing with hiring an assistant. And what can I expect from you in terms of turnaround and availability? And what happens if you can't get to my job? How will you communicate that to me? What happens when you need to say no? Are you able to say no to me? Or are you just going to say yes and be up at 2 or 3 in the morning and, like, push it, and then I'm going to get a bunch of errors back in the work, and then I have to correct it? Like, how do I know that, like, you're taking care of you? Where's your boundaries? What do you need from me? And can I agree to that? So this person that I hired then said, you know, I'm going to be working your jobs Thursdays and Fridays. So as long as you get things to me by Tuesday, I can line it up. And if something happens in my life, like a crisis or something's going on, I will give you notice that, you know, I'm going to be out for this much and I've hired an assistant that will take on a job. And if you don't like the job, don't pay for it. Like we've come up with a whole bunch of, but I'm asked, I come to relationships first, not about here's my boundaries, but I want to know your boundaries. Mm. And I want to know that you know where they are. And I don't want to work with people that don't know where they are. Cause yeah. like, that's already a setup for me. Then I'm the only one in the relationship with boundaries. That sucks. Mm. <laughs> that sucks. Cause yeah. now we aren't on equal footing about anything. All the boundaries are coming from me and I don't want a relationship like that. I want to, I want to interact and work with people that also have a sense of their own and I want to know what those are. I mean, obviously asking like you, de you demonstrated is a great way to do that. Is there anything else you can do either emotionally or through tone or anything to help promote and make someone feel safe enough to really honestly share what their boundaries are? It's by always giving them permission and saying it is okay to say no to me. It's okay if this is a no for you. Just tell me. I just need to know that. So I just had this happen. I was working with um, somebody, a contractor that was building something for me. Mm -hmm. And so I had a certain budget, like don't go beyond this budget. And mm -hmm. I said, and I'm like kind of strict about managing money on a, project and i said so we'll have a weekly check-in just on the budget takes 10 minutes i just want to know that we're in line yep. well the person came to the meeting and weekly and didn't tell me that they were running over 
mm-hmm. at all. And I was mm-hmm. like, this line item, this line item, this line, uh, yep, everything's okay. Well, then I got a bill and it was 25,000 more than expected. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And he said, I didn't know how to tell you that it was running over. Look how shocked you are. You're looking like I look. Like, what? what do you mean you didn't know how to tell me? Right, that was the whole point of this exchange. Yeah. yeah. So I said, I'm so sorry. I have to take you off the job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I loved working with you. Like, I, I thought we were communicating. And Mm -hmm. I was like, but you weren't telling me. I said, I feel really bad about doing this, but I have to let you go because I can't afford to make decisions that way for me because I pay for those. Yeah. But it was, I wasn't angry at him. It was a beautiful departure. Yep. Um, And he understood. He wasn't angry. He said, I blew it. And I said, yeah. I said, I hope on your next thing you know, maybe this can be a gift for you. Maybe you can use it, but I have to, I have to hire somebody that can communicate about the money more directly. So I thought we were on the same track and that happens, but it still doesn't turn ugly and angry when my boundary got violated. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm a big victim of you. It was like, wow caught it but we have a problem now and i'm not going to go forward with you because that's not okay for me i now i'm responsible for the boundary and managing the whole thing i'm not going to now leave that in your hands so yeah that's that's a great story you know i want to ask about a lot of people are afraid to set boundaries at least from what i've noticed um like in in like business settings like they want to keep the business. They want to keep the client. So they charge less. They make themselves too available. And in the past year, I've like 4X'd my rates. I'm one-fourth as available. I have a team. And I command so much more respect. I've attracted such a higher demographic of people. Um, I have my life back. I have so much free time. <laughs> you know, I don't work Fridays usually. I, you it, have become a boundaries expert. I'm becoming a boundaries expert. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. that's how you do it. And and then and I'll and I'll tell you like it took part time of it, though, didn't it, Brandon? It took work and therapy and all this stuff. Yeah. Time, right? Yeah, time. And it also took practice and time. Like it didn't Absolutely. happen overnight, right? Oh no way. I used to walk around my room and like envision I would say no and envision like my boss there. I did all these different exercises. It took time. And practice. See, and practice. I say to people, it could like if you dive into this boundary work, if you're listening to me and Brandon right now and you're like, oh my God, I need this in my life. Expect to become a boundaries expert, which is what Brandon just described, his own becoming an expert in his life on his boundaries. It takes about two years. Yeah. From like, I'm going to get to the boundary work and start digging in and looking at this in my life to practicing, to getting it wrong, to then getting it right, to making big changes, you will then feel that expertise in two years if you start now taking this on. Yeah, exactly. And so um, to build on that, what, like, why is it that now when people ask me when I'm available and I say, oh no, I can't talk for two weeks or this is my hire, like, why is like, I feel like people are afraid to disappoint and they lose it. But when you set those boundaries, why do people actually respect you and like you more and value you higher when you say no more? I think part of it is that you're modeling self-care and well-being. 
Yeah. And that's who people want to work with. Yeah. They don't want to work with people that are running around with their heads cut off, exhausted and afraid, and, oh, I'll get to that, and I'm sorry I dropped the call, and I forgot we had a thing, and I'll, I'll get to it next week. And, you know, you get, you get less and less functional the more you try to balance all the things on top of your head that you really can't manage. And when you're yeah. sleep-deprived, you start making really poor decisions. And so... Yeah. Um, and if you're resentful, it kind of comes out in your tone to people, right? So they get it and they, they feel repelled. Mm. When you are very firm, and I have the same thing. I am really firm about, you know, my practice, my private practice, and my hours, and my access, and availability. And, yeah. um, and you do good work with people, and you have a reputation. Um, it's well-earned. But that when you're working, you really show up for people. You're there. Yeah. You're present. Yeah. People want to work with somebody who's present. And I, I've had people that I've, and it shocks me, they'll wait six, eight months to see me in private practice. And I'll say to them, I can get you a therapist like tomorrow, somebody who's good, <laughs> somebody who does great work can get you in next week. You don't need to wait six or eight months for me and they're like nope I'll wait and they wow. do and um, and I think some of that is when you see somebody who has the skills that you know you need and they are truly living them you know that they're going to be able to lead you through it that's it. and that's right on because back then when I wasn't setting the boundaries maybe I was making money but I was constantly stressed out and they could feel that and now when I'm like, no, I charge more and you have less access to me, but I'm making more money and I'm working less. People are like, oh, I want to work with you so you can teach me how to do that. Because that's what they want. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so people, people come to me because they want to feel better. Yeah. So it won't help if I come into the room and I'm not feeling well. You know, this accident where I broke my hip and my femur has been an incredible gift to my clients who work with me because those who work with me like personally um, have gotten to see, I, I always do fairly good self-care. So I feel like I'm a model of that. But with this hip injury, they've gotten to see it go up on a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've had to say things like, I can't see clients in the morning. I have to do physical therapy. I need to take walks with my dog. I need to sit on heat. I need to take care, more care of myself. And so my day cannot begin until this hour. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, we've had to juggle with that. But at the same time, my clients have also seen, wow, you get an injury, your self-care needs to go up, not down. Mm -hmm. not just push it and hide it and try to Isn't just cover it up like, and keep going. Yeah. Some like societal messages sometimes can be like just toughen up, push through it. Like a lot of athletes in uh, professional sports in the U S like the NBA and the NFL, mm -hmm. like ESPN will publish articles um, kind of like lionizing and glorifying these guys for like pushing through it and being tough guys. But then they're in wheelchairs the rest of their life with uh, injuries that didn't properly heal. Right, right. And so, you know, this really, um, you, you become an expert 
in boundaries, but you also become a model of self-care. And I think anybody that's coaching or counseling needs to be a model of self-care. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what helps you feel well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of the last questions I had is based on something you mentioned earlier, which I thought was really interesting, which is you mentioned that some people who have ADD are not even aware of other people's boundaries. Um, do you ever work with those people in terms of helping them better see, or even just people who don't have that, but may have a hard time? Like, how can people get better at understanding and seeing other people's boundaries? So we work on how invisible boundaries are. Because if you have ADD, we have to talk about how we're dealing with something that's invisible. It's not your fault if you can't see it. It's not visible. Right. Um, and so now we have to deal with how do you recognize some, somebody's cues for a boundary? Yeah. And how can you ask about a boundary? And then how, if you stumble on somebody's boundary, how can you own that and take responsibility for, did you intend that? Was it unintentional? How can you correct it the next time? What can you do for taking responsibility? And, um, and where are some of your boundaries? Because not only to, is it hard to see other people's boundaries if you have ADD, it's also hard to see your own. Yeah. Um, so how do you set up a little bit of a structure for yourself so that you know where your boundaries are and that you're within those? Yeah. Um, and... You know, you have to look at impulsivity and look at, you know, impulsivity may mean that you suddenly make excuses for breaking boundaries. Like, mm -hmm. oh, but in this case, it's fine for me to drink even though I don't drink and drive because I'm saying goodbye to this one friend that I'm not going to see for a long time. And, you know, it's like that's what we're doing. And, yeah. and then you break your own rules. Yeah. So we have to look at that and make it very concrete for people with ADD and then they can learn how to see them. That's powerful. Um, it, to kind of close it out, if, if someone's listening to this right now and they're just, you're, they're blowing their minds, they're listening to you. Um, before, I want to also ask like where people can learn more about you and find more um, about your works and your book. But what would be like the first step in someone who's resonating a lot with this discussion we're having to begin a practice of like understanding their boundaries? Like what's the sort of first step towards that goal of becoming a boundary expert? So the very first step is evaluating your own self-care. Yeah. Is not look at your relationships. Just start with your own self-care. How are you doing on eating, sleeping, and exercise? Mm. Just the basics of self-care. Mm -hmm. um, and do you give yourself kind of good marks there or are you already like, gosh, I, you know, I really wanted to work out more. I wanted to get to the gym. I've been wanting to change my diet. So start there. And if you have those things under, you know, gotten those under your belt and you're doing really well with those, then I want you to learn about the seven patterns and figure out what pattern you use. And that is the only reason why I wrote the book transform your boundaries and it goes over seven patterns that people experience in their life and you need to figure out what pattern you're using and then how do you bring balance so an example of the seven patterns are workaholic mm -hmm. numbers isolating sacrificing lovers 
people who love and love and never feel loved in return. Um, protectors and caregivers. Mm. So figure out which pattern that you use. Like for me, I was like kind of a lifelong workaholic caregiver. Yeah. And that is where my recovery began. The book will take you through each of the patterns and help you understand them. And then it gives you journal questions to dig your way out. And so I think until you do the pattern work, you know, you're going to feel kind of stuck. So I want, I want you to go with self-care first and then patterns, understanding those. And then we get to dealing with extreme challenges, which is often why people want to work on boundaries is they're drowning in extreme boundary challenges. I understand that, but we start with self-care. Hmm. Um, and start ways that you can increase your self-care. How's that for a beginning? No, that, I mean, that resonates a lot with me. I, I found my, my background was uh, went to law school, business school, like overachiever mentality, hmm. uh, worked on Wall Street, all to become a workaholic, to numb. I, like, I definitely resonate with a handful of those seven mm -hmm. from my mm -hmm. past. And that's a, that's an amazing place to start. You've given me a lot to think about. You've given our listeners a lot to think about. Um, for those who are interested in more, and I bet the majority of listeners are, where can people find more about, where can they buy the book? Do you have a website, et cetera? So I have a website. It's sarigilman.com, S-A-R-R-I-G-I-L-M-A-N.com. Um, the book is Transform Your Boundaries. It's on Amazon. It's available in most bookstores. Um, so if you're into independent bookstores, they can also order it there. Um, it's also available on Kindle. And I also have some online classes. I have an online school. So if you go into my website around webinars and classes. You can also get on to some of the online classes on boundaries and those are recordings. And then um, a couple times a year I teach live. So I teach a three day boundary immersion once a year um, at, a, at a retreat center and people can attend that and it's gonna be March 6 to 8 in 2020. Right. Um, and I also teach live a class for coaches and counselors online. So that's available to them. And then most of my other workshops are privately scheduled. I'll go places and have a group where somebody wants me to teach there. Um, so that's available by kind of private scheduling. Awesome. Well, Sari, thank you so much for being generous with your time today, with sharing some amazing wisdom and knowledge. And um, for all those listeners out there, we're going to be going from starting with this to becoming boundary experts. So, Sari, yes! thank you again yes, for coming on the show. Can do it. And Brandon, I'm so excited that you're a model of this and that you really understand the value and the importance of this because mm -hmm. I think that, that that's going to be inspiring to your listeners because you've already done the journey. You've done the work. You know there's another mm. side. Right? Oh, yeah. and it's, life, it's with, a, life with boundaries is better, right? I, they need a T-shirt. You should make one. Life with boundaries <laughs> is better and have your website on the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to go for that. All right. Life with boundaries is better. Amen. All right. <laughs> oh, have a great weekend. Thank you too. Take care. Sorry. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brendan Burns show. If it's your first time here, 
please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Lastly, if you're looking to take your personal life, business, or career to the next level, and you want access to me as well as my community of like-minded people, head over to courses.brendanhburns.com and join us in Mastery Academy, my membership site that comes with online course content as well as live coaching calls every two weeks hosted by me personally. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.